This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN. Rangers and the Bruins tonight. Then the Knicks on the second half of uh, uh, back-to-back after the win last night in Phoenix. They play a a tough game against the Clippers, who have actually uh, turned it on of late. Clippers have been playing uh, really good basketball, so another tough test for the Knicks. They've got the Clippers tonight before they play uh, LeBron and the Lakers the in-season tournament champions on Monday. Lakers going to be hanging a banner at the Staples Center on Monday. So I'm excited to watch that. Excited to watch that. Before we get to the football at 800-919-3776, I teased us last hour, Jacob. So I'm driving into to the station, cruising along, and like the traffic is not even the issue. It's at, at this time of the day on Saturdays, it's parking, especially when you're someone who can be cheap like me and want to avoid just the you know, obnoxious prices that come with, you know, street parking in New York City. So I'm driving around, and I finally come across a spot that's occupied by an elderly man just standing there. So as I'm driving past, like, we make a little bit of eye contact, and he does the Mutumbo finger wag, like, no, 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 like, you can't park here. And it, it, it was the combination of the finger wagging and that it was like a passive aggressive nature to it where, you know, you can acknowledge someone by looking them in their eyes or you can just kind of look at them and look away and like, yeah, you're not worth my attention. So he did that and it felt a touch too disrespectful. So my, so right across the street from that, there's an Amazon truck with a lot of Amazon workers, you know, doing their thing with the packages and they started laughing. So I pulled up to them and I was like, yeah, I know why y'all laughing, but he's an, you know, he's an older gentleman. I don't want to disrespect him like that. And they're like, nah, man, it's not about age. That that spot should have been yours. So my question is, would it, ha- would it have been rightful for me to take the spot from him? Like, are you allowed to just stand in a parking spot and tell someone that they're not parking there just because you're holding it for someone? No, nah, I don't think. And to me, that's what irritates me the most, especially if it's the car not there. The car's not physically there. It's you just standing in the spot. Oh, no. I might. Yeesh, listen. But do I really want to go to war with an older guy? Like, it, it's just something about that felt wrong. It felt sacrilegious. So I said, you know what? I'll be the bigger person. But then I played myself because now I spent 25 more minutes parking. I get a text from you like, yo, you good? Like, what's going on? Because I almost was late to the show. So now I'm on the street. And it's expensive. It's like five. It's no. It's actually north of like five dollars an hour. And I'm here for three and a half hours. It's crazy. So I, I just feel like maybe I should have just you know taken the spot. I, I applaud you for taking the high road because you could have been that guy to just take it to the next level and just absolutely obliterate this old man. And you know, Taz, Taz in good shape. Taz in decent. So it would have been an unfair fight. I applaud you. <laughs> Could you imagine before oh the show, oh I'm fighting God. some older man over a parking spot? But honestly, like, what? Because I'm trying to, like, replay the scenario in my head. If I go up to him and I say, yo, I'm taking this spot. Like, what's he then going to do? It's like, how does he not, like, how does he stop me from taking this parking spot? Oh, he can't. I mean, unless he, he can't. Unless he wants to be under the car, I don't think he like, wants he to. He physically can't, right? So... But now I leave myself subjected to, like, now is he going to, like, do something to my car? Is he going to keep my car, break my window? I mean, that feels a little aggressive over a parking spot, but you never know. 
You never know. People are crazy out yeah, here. Yeah, especially in New York. You see all type of crazy now. And that's the thing, man. Like, if you if you had done this anywhere else, then maybe I'd let you slide. In New York City, where we're, like, thirsty for free parking spots, I don't think you should be able to just stand there and, like, direct traffic when you've got, like, no... You've got no grounds to do that. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he probably lived in, like, one of those... I can almost visualize, because I think I know where the Amazon trucks were parked. Yeah, they were just like right across, and this so this is happening. Actually, you remember the old uh, old building? You you were there for yeah. the old building. Yeah. So this is gracefully, if you keep going up the block, like toward our new building on that block where there's like all the uh, apartment residential areas. Uh, it's right across the street from there, and the Amazon truck is parked. They're they're dying laughing. Dying laughing. And then I was embarrassed because 25 minutes later, I circled back that same block. So I'm, so I'm thinking that in their head, they're like, yeah, this dude still ain't find a spot. You should have just went to war with that old dude. <laughs> you should have went to war with the old guy. I couldn't do it, man. I, I, in my heart of hearts, uh, if he had been like 10 years younger, now it's on and popping. You know, you know what? I believe in the universe. Karmic responsibility is coming back on that. Something guy. good's gonna happen to me today. Oh, for for sure. Something great. Something fantastic. It's the holiday season. It's Christmas. You done with your Christmas shopping yet? I don't even want to talk about it. Yo, Christmas shopping is mad stressful. Just because, like, where do you draw the line of who you shop for? I mean, you you get cousins and aunts. Like, can it just be immediate family? Can it just be like mom, dad? kids wife <laughs> like we like we gotta keep going like to the outer skirts of that it's just too much and then what gets me one of my cousins texted me earlier she's like what's your favorite uh what's your favorite color what type of uh, mug you like so now i feel inclined because it, obviously she's trying to get me a gift now i gotta get her a gift it's just it's just chaotic bro listen you get just do it the chris kringle way man keep it under a certain amount don't go too crazy I start off first hitting immediate family. I try to get everybody else after, whether it's a gift card or like. Gift cards feel just too informal or like, not informal, impersonal. I, f- I agree with you, but on the other hand, too, I'm an indecisive person. So I'll get you the gift card because I'm going to spend at least like three hours at the store trying to figure out that one gift for you. It's just more stressful than it needs to be. Like, I wish it were easy. Like, Christmas time, it's supposed to be fun, holiday spirit. I'm stressed out. So now I I think I got to get better at, like, doing the whole attention to detail thing where someone says something just in reg- regular conversation in the months leading up to Christmas, and you're like, boom, I got it. That's what I'm going to get you for Christmas. So, like, my wife today, she's using a laptop. And she's got this uh, perfume she's clearly shopping for. So I said, you know what? I'm going to get her that perfume. But I got I to gotta be better at in like months in advance so that I could plan for it. Because it's the worst thing. Like texting, texting your mom, hey, mom, what do you want for Christmas? Like that doesn't feel as special as, you know, you just getting it for her without her knowing. And, I yeah, I like this, especially my mom. I like the surprise I would have thinking it too. She, you know, she always makes me feel like, <laughs> like, yo, you feel, not if you don't give me this, but, you know, if I ask her. It's less, like you said, less value than yeah. me actually going out my way, going to trying to figure her out and surprising her. But I think with the Christmas gift, man, just everybody just create a, a wish list. Get your wish list ready. You try to knock out what you can and that's it. Yo, Amazon has done it perfectly, too, because like my wife sent me this uh, you know, wish list where there's a bunch of things on there. So you could just add it to your cart, keep it pushing. Add it to your cart, order it. 
Keep it pushing. Amazon was ringing my bell like, just nonstop this morning. Uh, just unlimited packages pulling up to the to the Butler Estates this morning. It's crazy out here. 800-919-3776. Richard is in Manhattan. What's up, Richard? See, what Adam Silver did not figure out. Love the transition. He had this tournament because he doesn't want people resting. When you don't rest people, you get games where the bad teams could beat the good teams if they rest them. But you get 18-game losing streak by San Antonio oh, and 21 by Detroit. But and then the Wizards, rest, the Wizards have lost like 18 of 19 games too. Correct. But if you can have load management, some teams will say, oh, we're playing the Pistons tonight, let's rest this guy. And the Pistons can win. So that's a direct result of doing this. So we'll see well, what happens. Well, it just happened the other night with the Spurs. Uh, the the right. Lakers load managed Anthony right. Davis. Even Anthony Davis Spurs. did not play. Yeah, and the Spurs. And that's why San Antonio won. And D'Angelo Russell. So AD and D'Lo were out. And right. I, I said um, that was last night. I said uh, a couple of days ago. Yeah, yesterday that happened. Uh, yeah, D'Lo and uh, Anthony Davis didn't play, so you know the Spurs snapped their 18-game losing streak. That's right. So that's a direct result by not allowing players to rest or load management. Bad teams don't have a chance at all anymore of beating good. Well, anyway, that's my philosophy. You know, today has to be one of the greatest days in sports history. Why is that? All three hockey teams are playing. All three are away. Both basketball teams are playing. Fordham is playing St. John's. You got three NFL games. You got five football bowl games. Most of them aren't good, but you got UCLA Boise State, which will be a great game. And then you got two great college games that can be Final Four matchups Kentucky, North Carolina, Arizona, Purdue. I mean, all on one day. Nobody has said anything about this. So I think it's unbelievable. As far as tomorrow goes, not only do we watch the Jets and Giants because we want, they both have outside chances of doing something, but. We're also watching to see, even if they lose, if we're going to watch the following week, because if the quarterbacks play well, you know we're going to watch next week. So even if DeVito and, and or Zach Wilson lose tomorrow, but they play well, we're going to watch the following week to see how the drama unfolds, whether what's going to happen for next year. So it's so much going on with tomorrow, you would have never thought this would have happened two weeks ago. Now, they can both play badly tomorrow and both win, which is okay by me, too, because that'll keep me going for the following week. Yeah, that'll week. keep them in the so, playoff hunt, too. Correct. So there's a lot of stuff going on tomorrow, whereas we can keep our attention for the following week. All they, if they both play well, no matter whether they win or lose, that will give us a great deal of talk about the following during Sports Week next week because, you know, we'll call up and say, well, next year, what are we going to do? Or next year, Daniel Jones. Or next year, Aaron Rodgers. You know, so if these two guys continue to play well, yeah. there's something to talk But obviously, we want to see them both win. Well, Ty, always a pleasure. Thank you. Good to, good to talk to you, Richard. Coming up, we are going to get into the NFL. Uh, we spent a, a ton of time on basketball just because I thought it was necessary after what we had seen last night from Jalen Brunson. I wanted to show him some love, show the Knicks some love for finally, you know, beating a, a good team that is a phenomenal win. It's the best win uh, of the young season for the Knicks. And, you know, they'll keep it going tonight or look to keep it going, I should say, out in L.A. taking on the Clippers. So I just found it was, uh, you know, in our best interest to do that. But coming up, we will get into week 15 of the NFL season because as Richard just alluded to, 
I mean, there's still a lot to look forward to with both the Jets and the Giants, and who the hell would have seen that coming just two weeks ago? 800-919-3776. We'll be back in a moment right here on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN. We got to get on TikTok. Find a way to get on TikTok. I, I've been hesitant, but, you know, TikTok's becoming a big deal. Jacob, you on TikTok? No, I'm not on TikTok, but... Uh, you get TikTok videos sent to you. Yo, listen, my sister sends me nonstop TikTok videos. <laughs> I have to. Sometimes I have to just go to the browser because I can't open the app because I don't have it. Yo, but, are, do you have, like, the types of, like, friendships uh, with people who, like... The conver- social media conversations just strictly consist of y'all just sending each other videos. I go to my DMs on Instagram and it's just people sending me videos. It's oh, video oh, after absolutely. video after video. Like that's that's the conversation. It's just you sent me a video, I send you a video, you send me three videos, I send you four videos. Like that's really what the conversation is. It got to the point. I mean, I, even my mom sends me videos and it has it's got to the point I just stopped answering people because it's like <laughs> how many of the same videos am I going to see how many new videos am I going to see I just you know I'm just going to see it when I'm going to see it at this point I just let them stack up and I just when I get to that point when I just want to sit down and have some time to look at my phone I'll just go through all of them and laugh yeah. and react and then you don't want to like leave them on red because then they think they think you're ignoring them but that's funny because I'll take a video that I find to be hilarious and just send it to like six different people so the same thing happens. By the way, uh, Bengals win in overtime. Uh, Tyler Boyd t- catches a 44-yard pass from Jake Browning to put the Bengals in uh, field goal range. So that that set up a field goal, the game-winning field goal. Remember, the Vikings at one point led 17-3. to so Cincinnati, with this win, improves to 8-6. and six. Despite the fact that they've lost Joe Burrow for the season, they keep on winning games, man. Jake Browning's looked like a really serviceable backup quarterback. Must be nice, Cincinnati fans. Uh, so they keep their playoff hopes alive. And, you know, for, for the Bengals, the rest of the way, just looking at the upcoming schedule, we've got the Steelers, big game next Saturday, uh, big divisional game. Then they've got the Chiefs on New Year's Eve. And then they end the season at home against Cleveland. So Cincinnati is still right in the thick of things in the AFC. 800-919-3776. I did say we're going to talk some football, but let me just squeeze in this last basketball call. Dave's in the car. What's up, Dave? Hey, what's up? I'll throw a football question at you as well if we have time. I'm really concerned. I'm happy for Brenson. I think he's one of the best stories that's come to New York in a long time. Uh, Very low-key deal, and the Knicks now have a bona fide star in their hands. My biggest concern under Thibodeau is the same I used to have concerns with Knicks under Riley. What's that? Uh, I, I, they're just going to grind him out with so many minutes, and then when it's he needs to be fresh for the playoffs, he needs to push through. Unless he gets a lot of help from his uh, his, his supporting cast, you know he's going to fall short. So I feel burnout for him. And just very quickly, I just want to add this about the Jets. Um, do you think the Jets should make a move on the uh, uh, Tennessee's quarterback, the guy who Levis just replaced, since the offensive coordinator has familiarity with him and since he's a solid veteran quarterback who, who quite honestly, could start in some teams in the NFL. You, I'll, t- I'll let you take Are you talking there. about uh, Tannehill? Yeah, I really think is I really think they have to sit down with Rodgers. Whoever's calling the Rodgers shots and say, hey, Damn. 
We're bringing somebody in who can possibly be a starter, not to replace you, but we can't have the debacle we just had this year. Yeah, look, Dave, I appreciate the call. I I don't mind Ryan Tannehill as a backup. I thought Dave Rothenberg, you know, put it best on his morning show. Uh, Tyrod Taylor would be an excellent backup option uh, for the New York Jets. He does get hurt a lot. He takes a lot of sacks, but you feel... You feel pretty good if Rodgers goes down, you know, for a snap, for a game, Tyrod coming in and still being able to execute the way uh, that you would like him to. And, you know, I'm with you. The conversation's gotten nuts with Zach Wilson. He plays one good game, and folks are ready to bring him back. But let's do this. Let's take a quick break. Uh, We we get back. We will talk about both the Jets and the Giants, uh, who are both sitting at 5-8, and playing big games tomorrow. Giants in New Orleans, Jets in Miami, one game more winnable uh, than the other one. So we'll get into all of that coming up here on the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN. That's your doubleheader hockey basketball tonight on these airways, but we're with you for the next two hours. 800-919-3776, Twitter, Ty D. Butler, Instagram, Ty D. Butler. Uh, Before we go back to the phones, let's talk about football because week 15 underway, and none of us thought the Jets and Giants just, what, a week ago would be alive with still something to play for. But as it has it, uh, that's what the case will be. This is a world, though. That could have existed where despite all of the bad football we had seen played from both these two teams, we could legitimately uh, legitimately be discussing uh, both the Jets and the Giants being one win shy of the playoffs. How about that? Not just in the playoff picture, but in the actual playoffs, just one win away from being in. Instead, we sit here talking about two teams and let's be honest, it's it's the the one that got away car- category for both the Jets and the Giants. Because the Giants at 5-8, and eight, two games to pick from. If any of these two games go differently, it's a different conversation. Week 6, that loss to the Bills, 14-9. You remember they get to the one-yard line. And, you know, Darren Waller gets held on back-to-back plays. They're not going to call that. But if he can come down with the football, they win on the walk-off. Uh, they're 6-7, and seven, and... The tenor of what we're talking about today is completely different. Or you go to week eight and that overtime loss to the Jets, which had me, you know, excited. But I was just so disappointed that Brian Dable decided that despite the fact that he had the best player on the field in Saquon Barkley and all they needed was one yard to win the game, he put the, 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 the victory or lack thereof in the hands of a kicker who after the game went on IR. So if, if he rightfully gives Saquon, who in that point of the game had 126 rushing yards, if he gives him the ball uh, to, to get the first down, they win the game. Giants right now sitting at 6-7. and seven. And uh, it, it's, com- it's a completely different conversation because then you are one game back of the six-seeded Vikings, who, by the way, just lost today. So you'd be, you know, in position to pass them with the win tomorrow, but also tied with Green Bay, the Rams, Seahawks, Falcons, uh, and the Saints, who you play tomorrow. I guess technically, you know, the Giants are still in the hunt, just a game back of all these two teams now, but you're staring at multiple games against the Eagles in the last three weeks of the season. So does anyone expect the Giants to finish better than 6-11? and I don't think so. You're not beating Philly, and that game... When it's it's interesting because when the Eagles were ten and one, 
Week 18 against Philly looked more winnable because you figured maybe they're not playing for anything. But because they've lost back-to-back games, Dallas now has an opportunity to steal that division. And they're still in contention. San Francisco has the one seed. They're still in contention to get back to being the the one seed, getting that first-round bye for a team that's dealt with a lot of injuries. You know, that would be optimal. So those games are going to matter. And there's no shot that the, the, the Giants are going to beat the Eagles. I will say that a win tomorrow against the Saints at the very least makes Christmas Day Giants-Eagles much more attractive. But it's the one that got away. It, you beat the Bills or you beat the Jets, and the conversation is completely different. And speaking of the Jets, uh, where do we begin? If any of these games go differently, we're talking, you know, a a different tune today or singing with a different tune. Week three at home, I was there for that New England game. They lose 15 to 10. 15 to 10. Week nine at home against the Chargers. Now, I know the score was 27-6, but that was not indicative of how the game was played. The Jets, you know, were just a disaster on offense, had three fumbles. They just couldn't get out their own way. Justin Herbert was awful in that game. They had a, a Justin Herbert actually fumbled a couple times that the Jets just could not recover it. So that one was more winnable than the score would indicate. Week 10, Raiders. Remember, they're in the red zone. Chance to win the game. And then Zach throws the interception. And you can just go back a couple weeks ago to that Falcons mess. Uh, thirteen to eight was the final score. It's funny. I'm watching that game. They're down thirteen to eight, and you know, everyone who has watched football uh, for for the last you know seventy years understands that thirteen to eight is what a one possession game for the Jets. Watching that thirteen to eight was a two possession game because you know where they weren't scoring a touchdown, so they're gonna have to kick field goals on their way to winning. But they lost that anyway. Point is. Any of those games go differently, they're at 6-7, and seven, one game back of the Colts and the Steelers in those 6-7 and seven spots. They've got tiebreakers over Denver and over Houston, so you feel a lot better about the situation uh, than you would feel right now. So, look, it's exhilarating to be this late in the season and still consider both the Jets and the Giants to be engaging in meaningful games in Week 15 because you just didn't think we would get to this point, especially the Giants at 2-8. and eight. The Jets uh, went from 4-3 and three to 4-8. and eight. They had lost five straight games and weren't scoring any touchdowns. Uh, so to be here in this spot, it, it, it feels good, but you're ultimately going to go back to what could have been. What could have been? What could have been if you are a Giants fan? What could have been if you were a Jets fan? Just one game goes differently. And that's what, you know, stinks about the, the situation that they're in right now. 800-919-3776. Uh, Ira's in Staten Island. What's up, Ira? Hey, Ty. Happy holidays to you, man. Same to you, man. What's going on? You know, you're so right about everything you just said. And, you know, it all to me bounces back to Joe Douglas. And, you know, I'm beating a dead horse here. I, I'm, I'm listening to your show, and I got to watching. I'm seeing Gardner Minshew tried out as a quarterback for the Colts, and I'm saying, and I wanted him in the worst way as a backup. If he had only addressed a backup quarterback, but with everything that's gone down, if he had only had a legitimate backup, you're probably at seven and six right now. You, you probably win two more games. Yeah, and that's really unfortunate. Really unfortunate. It really is, and. You know what? With, even with all that said, I actually think they're going to beat the Dolphins tomorrow. Wow, you you, you think that? Why? Yeah, yeah. why? Because I think they, because I think the Dolphins they're reeling what happened Monday night, the way they choked that game, 
That reminds me of when the Jets lost the spike game and then they lost out. And then I think they're looking ahead. They got the Cowboys, yeah. Ravens, and the, and the Bills. So I think I, I, I think you're catching the Dolphins at the right time. They're all banged up. I'm not saying Zach Wilson's going to go throw three touchdowns. But if the defense plays what they're capable of doing, and if the offense could just, just, just look like a, a competent NFL offense, if that's possible, I think that they have a very good let chance me, of winning this game. Let me throw this back at you, Ira. Uh, so you mentioned like the Dolphins with the upcoming schedule, which is legit. Wouldn't you feel better, though, had they not blown that game against Tennessee? Because here's what, here's what I think about the Bills now are alive to not just make the playoffs but win the division if if Miami, you know, goes on to lose a couple of these games, which they absolutely can, and then they play the Bills week 18. So as far as, you know, looking past the Jets, the Dolphins are in no position to do that because they still have the one seed, you know, in, in within their grasp. They still can, you know, choke away this division. So I, it almost makes me more nervous that they lost that game the way that they did on Monday night than, you know, had they actually won it, um, which they should have, up 14 with three minutes left to go in the game. No, I, I understand your point, and, it, 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 you know, it's a good back and forth. But I, I lived it. Cause like, I brought up the spike game. I, I saw what happened to that team. And, and I'm not saying that the Dolphins are going to lose out, but considering it's a short weekend, they're all banged yeah. up, and they lost the way they lost. It's, it, it, you can make, you know, you can make the question that, you know, is, is, it, is they going to have a hangover effect? And, and I think they will. I think, I, I think that, that that game's still in the back of their minds, and it's hard to just throw that away and get ready for the Jets. And, Especially like if, said, you know, Tyre- I, Tyreek's not able to play tomorrow. You mentioned the injuries. Appreciate the call, Ira. Uh, their offensive line's banged up, and, you know, the, the strength of the Jets team is their defense, you know, particularly that line that can cause havoc with uh, Quentin Williams, Jermaine Johnson, and Huff, and guys getting after it, Solomon Thomas. So uh, it, it, it becomes a much more fascinating match. Not that I'm rooting for guys to, you know, get injured and not play. To me, it becomes much more fascinating if Tyreek is hurt, doesn't play, or if he is able to play but is clearly limited against a Jet defense that, you know, doesn't really give up explosive plays. Because you remember, I guess I'm, I'm making the point for Ira, even though I, I, I kind of disagreed with him. You remember that Black Friday game against the Dolphins? It, it should have been 10-6 at the half. They played them competitive, competitively in that first half with Tim Boyle. Now, they were victimized by their own defense making a great play because if DJ Reed doesn't intercept Tua on the sidelines, they're never in position to attempt a Hail Mary. So it's like one of those only the Jets kind of things where you make a great play, and that's the only reason why you're set up for one of the most embarrassing plays in franchise history. But, I mean, Miami, we know they pounce on bad teams. They get bludgeoned by good teams. So I think I, I don't quite think they're a contender. They've got a little fraud in them, the way that the Vikings had last year, where the Vikings were winning all these walk-off games. Miami just, to me, doesn't measure up when when you do tail of the tape to the elite teams. But they should beat the Jets tomorrow. Like they, The Jets should lose this game. And what you're banking on is someone asked me today, you know, what, what, like, what's your biggest concern? Like, why do you not have the, the Jets winning this game? And I said, well, when's the last time Zach Wilson played back-to-back good games? And he said, well, it's never happened. Okay, so now you're banking on something historic happening. As far as Zach Wilson's young career, 
it would be like historic for him personally to put together back-to-back good games, to go on the road and beat a team that's nine-point favorites, a team that, uh, to me, is clearly superior, might be, not just might be, I think they are better coached, have more talent on their roster, at least offensively. I don't know. It's a, it's a tall order. It's a tough task. Al's and Yonkers. What's up, Al? What's up, guys? Happy holidays. Chairman and you, man. What's going on? So, um, as a Jets fan, all I can say, like the one phrase that comes to mind is, I don't know. I don't know if Zach Wilson's going to do good one Sunday to the next Sunday. I don't know if Aaron Rodgers should be coming back um, if we're mathematically in it or out of it. I don't. I, I, the Black Friday game you were talking about, I was there with my buddy Mike. And historic game it was, bro. Like I wanted to be there for the first Black Friday game and all that stuff, and do it after the, the Hail Mary, the, the the interception, 99. It was just embarrassing, and that's what we've become. I don't know anything anymore about the team. There's no, we have no identity. The only bright spot is the defense, and how long are we going to, you know, count on them to come out every every quarter, every half, and play their hearts out while the offense literally flips it and gives it right back to them. Zach Wilson does good last week, and and everyone's going crazy about it. And then the next week, he completely bombs. So it's like the only phrase that comes to mind is "I don't know." (laughs) Yeah, and and I appreciate the call. So um, I'm gonna give uh, C D Rude credit on Twitter for hitting me up at Ty D Butler. He says that's what losing teams do. They don't make those plays because they aren't good enough. And I understand that. I'm not making the case that the Jets are a good team. That's crazy. They're five and eight. My my point is just. That we would be sitting here with, you know, looking through a different lens with both of these teams, both the Jets and the Giants. And like when you consider how awful it's been and how much we've complained for months, like we were, we were looking forward to the season and then we just got smacked in the face with reality that our expectations were too large. Some of it because of injury, but the other parts were just like, you know, they were, the, the deficiencies we didn't highlight enough. The, the, the offensive lines were putrid. The Jets, you know, coaching, I, I won't say is bad, but it's left a lot to be desired. So when we previewed the season, there were certain things that, we, you know, we didn't anticipate Rodgers getting hurt. We didn't anticipate Danny Jones being lost for the season. But there are still some issues that would have surfaced had those guys been healthy. And despite all that, they just want one game goes awry or one game goes differently, we're having a completely different conversation. So, look, I hope the Giants win tomorrow because it keeps them interesting longer. Now Christmas Day has some juice, Giants-Eagles. Both teams need that game. And then, you know, I'm a diehard Jeff fan, so of course I'm rooting for them to win this game tomorrow. I don't see it happening just because I don't trust that the guy that they currently employ as their starting quarterback is capable of duplicating back-to-back performances. But I'm rooting for it. I hate that they're both playing at one o'clock tomorrow. That I mean, it it, it stinks because you want to be able to zero in on both games. Cause you you like now you got to watch them side by side. Especially with what's going on, we got to get to Tommy DeVito, the sensation that's Tommy DeVito. But I I hate when the Jets and Giants both play at one o'clock tomorrow. Then it's like oh you know record it. Four o'clock's got a a a, a gem too with. Buffalo and Dallas, that's a huge game for both teams. And as I mentioned at the top of the show, every single game this week has something meaningful for at least one team. Because you look at the bottom of the NFC right now, it's a mess. 
That's which is why the Giants are still technically in it. Then you look at the bottom of the AFC, and it's loaded. So it's gonna be fun. Let's hit Jay and PA. What's up, Jay? Hey, how's it going, guys? Um, I die Jets fan. I, 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 I've never been a Zach hater, and I hate the the whole uh, Zach truther nonsense, which I don't get. But because I'm a Jets fan, I'm rooting for him. I think it only bodes well for us for him to succeed. Either we're gonna, you know, get more form as an asset, or I'd like to see him stay and take over for Rodgers and stick to that plan. My question is, if he continues to play well over the last four games, and I think they could win out, still not make the playoffs, but if he continues to show that maybe if they let him play and let him throw and work to his strengths instead of being afraid to let him throw a pass and play so so conservative. Why can't he be the backup next year? Why can't he go in with a full off season under Rodgers? And if he shows that he's on, you know, the right trajectory, why can't he be the number two? Look, Jay, I appreciate the call. It is one of my favorite questions of the day, and not because I think it is particularly a good question, but it's it is one that provides a tease for the next segment, which is something I wanted to get into. Somewhere along the lines this week, we lost the plot with both the quarterbacks in New York. We'll talk about that next, right here on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN. Uh, Cincinnati pulled out the victory today, uh, coming back from down 17-3 to to beat the Vikings. And if you didn't get a chance to see the game, go on Twitter, check out the highlight of T. Higgins on this touchdown grab uh, where Jake Browning is being pushed out of the pocket, rolling to his right, and from about the 33-yard line, heaves it off his back foot, uh, barely reaches the end zone. It looks like it actually falls short of the end zone, falls about a yard short of the end zone. T. Higgins goes up and, you know, comes from in the end zone, back out of the end zone to grab it, and then as he's falling to the ground, sticks his right arm out, uh, to cross the plane for the touchdown. That's what you call a grown man move. My favorite part about this, though, Jacob, uh, I'm, looking at, I'm looking at Twitter, and I think this is uh, valid. Uh, it's a screenshot, but T. Higgins' mom's, you know, she tweets out, no bleeping way. And then some troll tweets back at her saying, incomplete, T. can't catch a ball to save his life. And she goes, and your fat ass can't catch your breath. <laughs> Jesus. No, I kind of like that, though. I kind of like her riding for her son. I mean, As she should be. What's, what's wrong with you tweeting at this dude's mom? Like, disrespectful like that. Like, what's wrong with people on Twitter, man, and social media in general? Yeah, it's just they, they a lot of things they say online they won't say to a person's exactly. face. Exactly. See, that's what I don't like about that other station that we uh, got compete with because there's a couple people on that station that you know they just get all rowdy on social media and you know when Gio was doing that thing with uh, Carl Banks I asked I'm like yo is he like this in person or is this just radio talk because there's no you look at him there's no way he's 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 like that and people are like nah that's just all radio yeah that's a uh, it's total fanboy nonsense and honestly you can't disrespect a living legend like that disrespect him calling him out, calling him out his name like just being like so passionate and rah-rah like if someone outside in the street saw you would, would you have that same energy no no of course not so you know people on twitter should be mindful of that as well like why are you tweeting 
at at this this dude's mom. She's excited about him catching a pass, and you tweeting at her like, "Nah, man, he can't catch a ball to save his life." So I'm glad she dunked on him. Eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. So a tease going to break. You know, somewhere along the lines, we lost a plot this week in what was a, a fun week because how did both the quarterbacks in New York take home the AFC and NFC Player of the Week honors. It's just it's a fun little storyline. But the sensation of Tommy DeVito, let's start there. Uh, it's done a few things for the Giants, right? It's provided some spark for a season that was a nightmare. Like, it was bad to the point where people were, I think, rightfully questioning the legitimacy of this coaching staff because – I heard Don making the point, like, if you go 2-15, and 15, I don't care how good Dabo was last year. You start to have some questions. You start to have some reservations. Like, I understand the team is maybe not put together the right way, but, I mean, either that's going to fall on the GM or the head coach. So I, I, I understood where he was going, you know, with that thought, that, that, that thought process. But Tommy DeVito comes in. He's provided a spark. The Giants went from being bludgeoned and thoroughly outplayed to a team that's on a three-game winning streak right now with some life and legitimately a, a backup quarterback option for next season. And also, we were talking about Brian Dable, further illuminates his offensive brilliance. I think sometimes people go overboard with how we frame the Josh Allen impact. Like They, they talk about Josh Allen like he was some fifth-round pick. You know, he was drafted number seven overall, but it is true. Brian Dable helped reach his apex. Whatever Josh Allen projected to be, Dable helped elevate that. So he now has a track record of being able to develop quarterbacks the way that he had with Josh, with Daniel Jones, and now with DeVito, who in his first game wasn't allowed to throw a pass. And now we see he looks, you know, functional. And, and, you know, doing some positive things for the Giants under center. And because of those two things where you provide spark and you give some, you know, credence to Dable's, you know, football acumen as a head, not just as an offensive mind, but as a head coach, it's extinguished any idea of firing Brian Dable. Like that was something, you know, talked about earlier in the season because it was so bad, but it's obviously not going to happen. It was a fair conversation, I thought, in real time to have it, but... You know, going forward, what he's been able to do, the questions he's been able to answer, he is unequivocally the the head coach of this team going forward. So those are the things that the Tommy DeVito sensation has done for the Giants. Here's what it hasn't done. Solve the quarterback conundrum going forward. Daniel Jones, unless they're in position to draft his replacement, should start when healthy next year. The, The Tommy DeVito story is awesome. And yes, it, it has drawn comparisons, uh, comparisons to Lynn Sanity, because you remember like what that was when it happened about a decade ago, and he was out here hitting game winners on the Raptors, hanging thirty eight on my Lakers, and Kobe's like, you know, who, who was that? And then he hung thirty on the Lakers, like, oh yeah, now I know who he is. So it's drawn comparison to that, but let's not pretend like he's been so good. It's created like a controversy between him and Jones. That's not what we're watching. Has the offense, at least from an eye test, looked better with DeVito? Sure, but there are some, uh, I guess there are some 
there's some context to that, right? Like the the line has looked a lot better. There's more stability on that front. The defense is turning teams over at an average of four times per game in the last three games. So that helps your offense, putting them in favorable you know situations on the field when it comes to um, the when it comes to them being able to capitalize capitalize on field positioning. So that's happened as well. Uh, but I I think what we see transpiring is. Like the people who were never sold on Jones to begin with are now looking for any shred of evidence that he was the one holding them back. Where the reality is coming into the season, we, and I was a part of this because I picked the Giants to go to the playoffs, we overrated their weapons. Their line was putrid. And the supposed you know, shortening of the gap between them and the, the best teams in their division, the Cowboys and the Eagles, never actually materialized. So, yes, the, the DeVito story is awesome. He was fantastic against Washington. By the way, that's the team that Daniel Jones in his career is on. But, I mean, in that game, the defense forced six turnovers. And in back-to-back wins over the Patriots and Packers, he's accounted for two touchdowns and hasn't thrown for over 191 yards. So it's a mesmerizing story, but not yet one that is worthy of, in good faith, supplanting Daniel Jones as a starter if, in your mind, you are doing so being objective because I think the people who are just like, yep, toss Jones to the curve. Uh, we've got our starter in DeVito, never actually liked Jones to begin with. So now this is just the, all the evidence they needed to support it. It's called confirmation bias. Like you're, you're getting confirmation based on a position that you already had. And now you're just using this as fodder. But it's funny, you know, watching this, the irony is DeVito's helping Jones keep his job next year because the Giants are are gonna end up you know winning too many games that it hurts their draft positioning. So you know we pull up NFL Tankathon right now, and we look at what the order is. You know at the moment the Giants would be picking eighth, the Jets would be seventh. Chicago's number one. We'll see what happens with their quarterback situation uh, if they decide to move on from Fields. We know New England's gonna need a, need a quarterback at two. Three is interesting with Arizona. Do they keep Kyle Murray or do they trade trade him and draft the quarterback? Washington, what are they doing there? Are they sold on how being the guy? Do they get a quarterback? The Chargers, we know, aren't drafting a QB. Uh, the the Bears, again, have another pick at six. So right there in that mix, you got the Jets, the Giants, the Titans, uh, the Raiders, and then the Falcons, all separated by just one game. And then add in uh, the Saints, the Seahawks, and the Rams. All, uh, you go from five where the Chargers sit and 14 with the Rams sit in Tankathon. They're all separated by just two games. So there's a lot to be determined uh, when it comes to the draft. But the, the, I, I don't want to sound like I'm like you know raining on the Tommy DeVito story. It's just I think folks have kind of lost a plot uh, with what we've been seeing the last couple of weeks. It's been fun. It's been invigorating. It's been entertaining. Uh, has it answered the, you know, who's the quarterback starting for the Giants next year? Has it answered that question? It has not. And then the Zach Wilson uh, uh, one is funny, too, because that caller just has something that I've heard on this station. If he continues to play well, should the Jets rethink their decision, you know, about moving on from him? And I, I, it, it's it's kind of crazy to ponder that. Because first of all, 
it's it's not being asked after a month straight of Zach Wilson winning the you know AFC Player of the Week awards. It's just one game, and it was a damn good game. It was the best performance you could argue of his career, which if you're a Jets fan has to annoy you a little bit more, right? He goes 27 of 36, uh, 300 yards, two touchdowns, and it was like a ton of razzle dazzle. He's rolling left, throwing the ball, rolling right, throwing the ball, making timely throws. It was fun to watch. So you ask yourself, where the hell has this been? Like, we could have used this against the Raiders and against the Patriots and against the Chargers and against the Falcons. Like, that would have been fun to have uh, against those teams. And then you'd actually be, you know, squarely in the playoff picture. You wouldn't have to be fighting for your season every single week. You know this guy, what we can never say about him is that he lacked talent. He clearly has it. He can make all the throws. He has... You know, I would say sneaky athleticism that he doesn't utilize as much as he should. But it's the poor IQ. It's the bad decision-making. And we saw it, by the way, on that first drive against Houston where they're in field goal range. And on third down, he takes a, a terrible sack that knocks them out of field goal range, which essentially serves as a turnover. But, I mean, I, I can't listen to people after one game say the Jets should rethink trading him this offseason. It's run its course. It's clearly not going to work here. Maybe that if they had set him up better, you know, with, with a backup quarterback, a veteran quarterback in his rookie season, if they had put a, a brilliant offensive mind, you know, on the sidelines, he could have been better. But, I mean, it's it, it's over with. The best you can hope for is that he continues to play well. So now you have the, you know, amplifying of his trade value. Like, he becomes a, a much more valued asset, and you can get more than a fifth-round pick for him. But that's the only thing we're watching with Zach. He's not going to be here next year. I don't think he's playing for, you know, another life here with the Jets. I think it's all over. 800-919-3776. We'll back with our number three when we return right here on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN.